Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Shakun Sethi is the CEO and founder of Tickle Life, and she is building the first custom pleasure tech stack. In this open and honest conversation, Shakun shares her personal story of living in the Netherlands and how that led her to start a company in an otherwise taboo industry. We also spoke about what gives her confidence and the grounding to lead her team, as well as the importance of slowing down and establishing clear boundaries. Hi, Shakun, and welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you so much, Sumit. I'm honored to be here and really excited, especially when you're talking from my favorite country. So I'm really looking forward to it and I do hope that I do justice to this opportunity. Absolutely. And we will uh, come to the favorite country part maybe a bit later. <laughs> uh, but to begin with, for our listeners, can you start by sharing who you are and what do you do? Sure. Uh, so I am a founder of a company called Tickle Life, where we are creating the infrastructure, especially when we're talking about tech and payments for this entire sexual well-being industry of the world. Um, I come from a very small city in a, you know, like in a country like India. So that has been exciting. And since we've never had an opportunity to know about what sexual well-being is, what sexuality is, and the understanding that there's a taboo attached to it, which I think should not be the case because this is the cardinal need is what got me into it. So, so yeah, so you're talking to a founder who's trying to make a change in this world. Absolutely. Tell me more, right? Tell me more. Small city, uh, India, being a woman and this topic, right? Where do, where does this come from? Like, because yes, entrepreneurship is one thing, but I'm not, I'm sure that uh, this would be the last topic or one of the last topics that people would say that I want to start a company on. Where do the dots connect? Tell me a bit more. Oh, uh, see, See, it was not like as if something uh, something major happened into my life, but it was all about, you know, asking the question, why, what, if. So, 
So when you go around and you see that people are enjoying anything which is related to sexuality, but they're never talking about it. They're small groups and that's where people talk. So when I was in Netherlands, which, which was the insinuation of the country, and you do find a lot of sex toy shops. So in my head, the problem was that why am I not going inside one? You know, because it's still fascination. This It's still like, you know, novelty attached to it. But I just could not go inside one. And then when I did go, and like as a human, what you do is you lie when you do not know. You know, that's the first impulse. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. So I went inside and I said, hey, can I look? I'm looking out for something for uh, my aunt who is in her 60s. And that's the fun part. Because there's no aunt who's 60 and there's nobody I would be giving something uh, equivalent to a sex toy and I'll still not do it. So so that was the reason why, you know, like something lit that why did I lie? Mm -hmm. But also when I was asked, what do what does she need? I could not answer because ultimately I did not even know what I need or what I want. So, you know, because this is my second rodeo, it's not my first rodeo. So you go back, you do all the research that you can do, and then you find that this is so interesting that it's hard to find what you want and what you do not want. And if you're looking out for sex toys, it gives you how does this around, the colors, uh, the testimonials, but it still doesn't answer the basic question, is it for you or is it for, not for you? So... So that was how it started. Then, then I did a lot of experiments. I traveled all across Europe from shop to shop. And because the question was same and because there was no answer, it just made it like something go in my head that there can only be two reasons for this. One is um, either there's no industry, mm -hmm. but if there's no industry, then what are these people doing? Or there's no demand, or there's something else, like, I'm sorry, that, that was the third part, or there's something else which is stopping this from happening. So the second part, is there no demand, is completely nullified. Everybody has a demand. Everybody wants it. So the second thing is about, of course, there's an industry. There's such a big industry, you know? So, so then I started experimenting. Okay, fine, you know what, let's have a blog. Let's just try to do it. Completely harsh. Nobody knows about it. Uh, but then where do you find people? And that's how you start finding people. And then you start like, whoa, it's such a big industry. And then you as a company start facing all the problems which they were facing. Mm -hmm. Banks would not allow you giving a bank account. Uh, PayPal will flag you. Stripe will flag you. Most of the tech platforms would not give you an account if, they, if you say that you're in a part of sexual well-being. People are not ready to talk to you. So it just hit me that the, actually the problem was something that I could not decipher. And the problem was simple, that there was no tech. Mm. Or the big tech pros were not able to comprehend what is sexual well-being because it's pretty ambiguous, you know, from a negative uh, component attached to it as well. So, so yeah, so I was like, you know what, chuck it. The people who can do what they mm -hmm. can. I'll do what I have understood and what by proxy we were able to do, which is creating the tech, which is sex positive, which everybody can use, and also the payments. Because ultimately you need money to come to you so that you can do whatever you do. And ultimately it impacts people and the searches and their needs. And that's how you tackle taboo. So, so that, that's been my journey. Thank you for sharing that. And before we come to the entrepreneurship part of it, when I want to ask you personally for you, what did you discover 
like that hesitancy about entering a place. And it's internal, it's not external, it's internal of what you see is acceptable or not, or uh, some of those fears or worries which you don't even want to acknowledge, let alone deal with it. What did you discover? And then how did you come to terms with it to basically go back uh, in a very different culture, in a very different uh, country and say that, like, I want to do something like that, or I want to bring awareness to this here. So personally, how was that process for you? See, it, see, see you have to understand, like when you're talking to an entrepreneur, their brain works in a very different fashion. So when there's a deterrent or there's a problem, you somehow want to solve it, you know? And that's why most of the people who are doing their own thing are problem solvers. So my problem just started that I did not know. And when you start going out and talking to different people in different countries where people do not know you, so, you know, you start getting that uh, assurance that, oh my God, you know what, nobody's going to go home and talk about it. And when you start then finding the right people and somehow, which is, I think it is also unfortunate in a way, then you start putting that certification, that education, oh my God, there's so many doctors. Oh my God, there's something, a qualification for a sex educator. There's a qualification for a coach. When that starts happening, it starts validating that what you're doing is not something bad. That's the first step of accepting that, you know what, this is this might be something interesting you want to do. But I also do think that there were a lot of people around me who I would talk to and they knew that I'm so passionate about it, but you know, like still there's some fear yeah. Uh, bringing me down. And the question was very simple. What are you afraid of? In a way that you're also asking, what was that journey? And the thing is like when you have a pen and a paper and you open and then you just evaluate what are you afraid of, you will just understand that it's just like a preconceived notion that you have in your head that mm -hmm. people are going to judge. And the moment you realize that people do not judge because people have so much happening in their own life, your thought process changes. And that that was what happened to me. So I really had to uh, recreate my ecosystem. I really had to decide that who are the people who are comfortable with what I'm doing. Those are the people that I need to talk to because you can only fight one place, you know, as any person. Either you yeah. can fight in your personal life or you can fight in your professional life. And because I had taken a um, industry where there's a lot of fighting happening mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis you just want your personal life to be very safe so yeah so once that started happening it just you know it just happened so it wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like no it's going to change it took time but it, there were right. like so many things that were happening around which just made me realize that okay this is a ethical industry which just because nobody has the patience to do it and I was hungry for a new topic yeah. So maybe I'm the one. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. And I, I think I want to highlight something which you mentioned, that realization that this is not something bad or wrong. And then internally you feel okay, you feel more confident, you feel more open, while otherwise, right, it kind of eats you up on the inside. And that becomes a major shift for you to have those conversations on the outside as well. Then seeing that everybody is dealing with their own like internal when you say that. Do you remember any one or two specific conversations or topics when it became that uh, it led to that realization or when somebody argued with you? Because people do 
um, people can be judgmental or people can react in surprising ways because of not because they hate you or judge you, but they, because it is a very uncomfortable for them. Can you share maybe a couple of examples of uh, when that happened and how you dealt with that? So, so you're talking about incidences when it was more uncomfortable. Yes, yes. Um, oh my God, there've been like so many. Then, like, then you start just forgetting because you're so focused on looking forward. Uh, but yeah, like, like a lot of time, what would happen is, which still happens, is that if I'm posting something on my social media, and it would have a very big impact if other people also share. If oh. other people also talk about it, but most of them would not. They would send me a DM saying that, oh my God, I'm proud of what you're doing, but they would not post. So even though this is a very sweet example, but it actually starts making an impact on you because then you know that as it is, your life was hard. Then you thought like, you know, there will be people around you to help, but even they are not able to help you because they come with a very different thought process. Then there was a workshop that we were doing last year. Uh, which was couple workshop and it was an experiment to understand you know like what are the problems being faced by organizers when they do events in this industry and there was like one couple who I was sure would turn up but they did not turn up and the reason why they said that they can't turn up is because this is something which is very uncomfortable for them and maybe for me it would be very interesting and very easy to take forward but, you know, they are not there. But what they actually wanted to say was that, you know what, we are not as modern as you are or we have not completely gone that way rather than understanding that this is health mm. at the end of the day. So it's been wild. I've lost a lot of friends. Um, I've had breakups because, like, people would be like, hey, how can we... You're still in media. So, you know, people would get to see what you do. A lot of people just talking to me because they think that I'll be very cool. Working in this industry and then realize that I'm as ordinary or as like nonchalant as any second person you know and then that breaks their bubble and then they're like oh you know what she's not as exciting as I thought she would be so so it's just like people start perceiving you in a very different manner which if you are not and if you're still hell-bent on having a group of people around you then it starts impacting you but with me the change was in because I was meeting so many new people and it's such a dynamic industry that it stopped making a difference. I've lost a lot of people, a lot of people. And now, you know, most of the time people call me is because they need something from a sexual point of view rather than just saying like, hey, you know what, let's go and hang out. So, so yeah, so I think it's been an amalgamation of a lot of things together, not to be pinpointed at one uh, incident, but this is what I've chosen and nobody put a gun you know, gunpoint to my head that you have to do this. So this is what I've chosen for myself. Thank you. Thank you, Shakun, for sharing that, right? And it is it is very personal for me also because, uh, like, I think gender also plays a role here. Like, as a man, when I moved to the Netherlands and I was still working in an organization, what I'm doing is, uh, like, almost talking about fears and challenges daily. But then as a man, I was still working in an organization and I remember... Once some colleagues, like one of my female colleagues were talking about their pregnancy uh, with uh, both male and female colleagues. And they were talking about like the, uh, the moment of giving birth in all its details. And uh, I was not part of the conversation, but just sitting there was so uncomfortable for me that I had yeah. to like get up and go away and then come back. Uh, and 
this was like one of the, I think maybe in the beginning of when I moved here and just how seeing that something which it makes you so uncomfortable is so normal for somebody that they can talk about it loudly and they can talk about it without doing anything else. And like, this is the clash of the cultures and especially as you shared in your own story as well, right? So, and then later on, I witnessed the birth of my own son. It's a pretty normal here. It's still very unusual in India. And so that led me to have that uh, like courage or to even the grounding to say that it's okay. Right? This is, as you said, this is health. This is not taboo. This is not right or wrong in, in any way. And so how have you found that grounding or that courage to actually go out, uh, even at the risk of losing friends or losing relationships? and continue to move forward in the direction that you want to go. I've been asking and I've asked this question to myself multiple times that why am I doing this? And the answer has always been, you know, at the end of the day, after my 12, 13, 14 hours shift, so to say, when I lie down in the bed, I have a smile on my face. I know that we are onto something big. And what we are building is like we are in a position to make it. And if we play all our cards right, that this is going to stay on even after Shakun has passed, you know, 100, 200, 500 years after Shakun is no more there. And that was what I was always searching for. So you have to gauge, uh, you have to give something to gain something. And with age also, what happens is then you start realizing if, you know, if people cannot stay with you, then those are not the right kind of people that you want in your life. So, so I just think the motivation is after every morning, I'm ready to work. Every night and I'm sleeping, I'm like, okay, fine, what? Morning's going to come. What is the new problem that's coming? And whenever I talk, and people have told me that I'm always smiling when I talk about my work, even after so long, even after so many deterrents. Like... I don't think so any other profession, when you start doing your profession, you will not get a bank account. You won't be able to do any activity properly because there's so many issues. So there's like so much to learn here, but it makes you so strong that you become a different person altogether. And I really thank Take a Life because of this, I've become a very different person. I've become so strong, but I've also become very empathic to people because empathy comes because then you see all these people who are working in this industry and, you know, uh, they're doing so well. And even some people are not even able to make money, but they really want to make the difference. That, that That's what's so exciting. So, yeah. so, so I, 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 like I said, there's no exact answer, but it's just like, it's the adrenaline rush, which is not going. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Right. Uh, I often talk to CEOs and leaders and many times the conversation goes about strategy or planning or analyzing. And when somebody says there is no right answer or there is no right reason, but I know, right? And I think that's a certainty that I can listen in your voice that this yeah. matters. Yeah. Even after the difficulties of the 12 to 14 hours day, I am smiling or I know that it matters. I think what you are presenting is a gut or a heart leadership, like where you come from that and it's always more deeper and grounded than what your brain can think and analyze. Mm -hmm. Yes, all of that is required. And when you like go out as a CEO, you will have to do that. But when you can come from a deeper sense of, uh, of gut or knowing your meaning and also connecting it and opening up rather than staying in anxiety, but really opening up and talking about it 
with with calm as you're talking right now you're being anxious and i can feel it in my own body as we are talking uh, i think this is what you are showing or demonstrating that there is a different way of leadership and then if you lead from that space of groundedness then all the other fluff on the outside can take care of itself absolutely it's just about it's also about you have to realize that when you especially when you're working in an industry which you yourself are learning from would mm-hmm. you have to accept that you're not the champion you can just be a support mechanism so i'm a support mechanism i know that my team works they know more of you know things than i do and whenever a new person comes in so like right now we got a very senior person in the content uh sector and like she's taking all the calls and it's absolutely fine because you know what you know better so so i just that's what i'm saying you know like it completely flipped as to how i see things or how things have to be managed and that's why we all are happy and we all are working and we all are enjoying our life yeah thank you and now if i zoom out a little bit to the future right can you share your vision or as you were mentioning right how will the world or how is the world going to be different because you were here right because shakun was here because your organization was here what is that you want to see i think the biggest difference that's going to happen is uh discoverability which is the biggest issue like right now when you look out for a sexologist example it's hard to find one that's going to change and i think that's the biggest thing so how we will work on discoverability is a second you know like second set of questions which is what tickle life is doing but ultimately the demand will meet the supply which is not able to right now that's one thing while that is happening the ultimate goal that's going to change is the taboo attached to it because right now what happens is most of the time when we go out and looking out for anything to do with sexuality we end up reaching to a porn site which might be unethical so if you're ha- able to find somebody who is a professional in this field your mindset changes it changed my mindset when you were talking about moving there so it changed your mindset just because you had the right uh, knowledge or right exposure so once this discoverability issue is resolved everybody calling me and the first thing they're saying that you know what hey because you work in an industry which is taboo will not be a thing to talk about because it really hurts why is it a taboo so hopefully then it would not be a question like hey this is a taboo the question would be completely different so i just think that you know we will resolve the discoverability issue for any and everyone yeah and what do you imagine that will unleash right because if you remove the taboo and people become more open to talk about it to do business to transact what will this unleash like from my ecosystem from a business point of view but also from people's like emotional well-being uh, health point of view see tigalife is a is a for profit company but it has got a very big social impact so if i in a situation look at the taboo has been taken care of then things change i have a problem i can come directly to you without assuming that how you would interact or how you would you know uh understand my issue rape cases would go down because now the aggression which mm. is because we are not getting to talk about it experience uh, discuss with our partners about it will change because now i know how am i supposed to talk about things a lot of anger will change a lot of frustration anxiety will change so so i am of the opinion and actually all the professionals in the industry are of the opinion that once this hurdle whoever crosses is a different person altogether 
So then you multiply that person with billions of people on this earth. And then like even asking this question doesn't make sense because then we're talking about something which we unfortunately would ha have not seen, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so it will be for good. Obviously, you yeah. can't expect that this will change in like seven years, ten years, because you still have to see that we already come with some preconceived notions. Like I also come with some preconceived notions. And it is very difficult to eradicate them. But we just have to go on and see how it goes. Thank you. Yeah, I love that you say that, right? The person who goes through this will be a different person. And you already said that you are a very different person. And I keep on saying that I am a very different person, like yeah. right, from five years, 10 years, 20 years ago. And I think this is so much what you said about uh, anger and aggression also is like it's coming from inability to understand and deal with uh, either a fear or a or shame or guilt or a taboo, something like that. And this shows up uh, with leaders all the time. In fact, this shows yep. up like uh, gender specific as well, right? We have these notions of uh, men shouldn't cry or men can't cry or women can't shout or women can't be loud. And yeah. how these lead to aggression when sometimes uh, simple simply saying staying sad or like letting your tears come out would serve the purpose but since that becomes a taboo then that comes out in anger or aggression of any I'm kind with you on this yeah yeah so Completely. thank you for uh, like thank you for doing what you're doing uh, yeah, it's not trivial i think it requires daily courage daily like dealing with these challenges uh, and as you said, right, this is not going to happen in the short term. So can you share some of it's the a long game. Yeah. can you share some of the challenges which lie ahead for you and for your organization in the next three to five years, maybe? Uh, the biggest challenges are the challenges which we are creating a substitute for. It's going to be tech, then banking, because ultimately you still need to take money from somewhere. How will mm -hmm. the money come in? Uh, the third thing is because like whenever you are in a very ambiguous country, sorry, industry, there are going to be a lot of negative uh, components attached to it. So on a daily basis, you keep on, like you would have to keep on seeing between bad players and good players, which, which is like an online, on, you know, like ongoing yeah. scenario. So I would still not say investment is going to be an issue. Reason is very simple because this is an industry which can make money if these problems are resolved. So I think tech, how do we encounter tech? How our internal team encounters tech? what kind of rules and regulations are being made, whether they start understanding. And if you've seen like in past few years, things are actually going on a global scenario. And the sector that, that we are in is not related to a certain country or related to a certain region. It is global. You have to make changes globally. So these are the three main, uh, main issues. It really doesn't happen with any other industry, but it's just like, like let's go basic. What are the problems which like any company would face um, if they were thinking about online are all the problems that we are going to be facing and we have been facing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what do you feel most grateful for? Uh, I feel most grateful for the people who've been working and a lot of them have been volunteering, a lot of like very senior people who have been in the industry for over 20, 30 years. If I ping them, they listen. And mm. that's such a powerful thing. I'm not a very, uh, maybe not a very networking kind of a person, but this has told me or this has taught me that, you know, there's a power of knowing people. And the more successful somebody is, the more 
helpful they become, the more open mm. they become. That I'm really grateful for. I'm really grateful for the support that I'm getting from my family. Like, uh, right now I'm back home. My parents know what I'm doing and nobody's disturbing me. Nobody's asking me like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why? I'm actually thankful for even my investors because a lot of them doesn't even ask for like updates. They just know, okay, fine, they've invested. It's going to take time. Let's, you know, keep our fingers crossed and let's just go mm -hmm. with it. So I'm just, I'm just grateful for the ecosystem. I'm just great, uh, grateful that I'm born in a time when there are ways to support to do this. Yeah. And of course, my team, amazing. Like, I love them. I don't know. Just randomly somebody said, hey, let's do this. And then they're like, okay, let's do it. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think support matters a lot, especially for leaders and especially for those who are like trying to change a mindset rather than just trying to capitalize on an opportunity. Uh, can you share a bit more of uh, how have you created that support for yourself and then how do you establish those boundaries when people intrude, when people are not like supportive? Uh, so to speak. And maybe I, also an advice, right, for a lot of people who might be listening to this, but still feeling, oh, I can't do that. Shakun can do that. I can't do that. What advice would you give to somebody who's dealing with that? See, my biggest learning, which can be, if you want, can be put in advice is you can't create anything alone. But you cannot create something with too many people. So if you're going to be dependent on people, you're never going to be able to do anything. So people say, you know what, there's never supposed to be a plan B, but I think there should always be a plan B for your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal is plan A, alpha, whatever you want to call it. But to reach there, you can never expect that people are going to take you there. So once you start understanding this, then you start interacting with people and engaging with people in a very different manner. There will be a lot of people who are your mentors. There will be a lot of people who are your advisors. But you know that, you know, this is just one part of their life. So you become very direct. You become very uh, like specific as to what you need. And that also helps you as a leader to understand what is required. So, so I just think that it's very important to keep this thing in mind. Because a lot of time people go down is because they just assume that, hey, you know what, I know so many investors or hey, you know what, I know so many people who are from this industry and they're going to help me or they're going to support me. Nobody's going to support you. They're only going to support you if you actually ask. And that's also another thing. You have to ask and you have to be shameful. You just have to say, you know what, I need this. You need to send messages to people 10 times, 20 times. So, so when this thing starts happening, no, then people also start understanding boundaries. Like a lot of time what I've started doing is if you are a professional that I'm in touch with, I love working with people on different things, which I still do. But there's still like there's a time. So I have a calendly, taken up, you know, like uh, take a slot and then let's work on it. I can't let that time, which is supposed to be for me, go on to something else. And you ultimately are more important because if you take care of yourself, then you can take care of other people. So I sleep for eight hours. I do my own stuff. So these like two, three things really matter a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I love that uh, balance between like you have to be 
grounded and strong enough individually and then but then you also have to create a team or depend but not Absolutely. not depend yeah so you have to create a team you have because you're creating a movement right you're not just creating an organization you're creating a movement so you obviously need other people but to not be dependent on their approval or their like their likeness they're being like you and being comfortable in your independence as well but not this is a very delicate balance right how can you exactly. be independent but then also be in, interdependent but not giving away your own grounding your confidence right? your dignity to others so that you lose your commitment to the long term vision right so you said that uh, that what you are committed for the long term is decided but how you get there could be like plan a plan b and then that allows you to say this is not worth my time but sometimes that allows you to say this is what i want and sometimes that allows you to choose like not this person maybe this person yeah and you know like a lot of the time what happens is and i've also done this mistake a lot of time we become desperate and when we make this desperate we start taking things for granted or we you know like we just depend start depending on things and people and situations so the moment you forget that there's nothing to be desperate okay fine things can be 10 days late 20 days late 30 days late doesn't matter that's when you just start thinking of things in a different manner that's when yeah. you start questioning why you feel that something is not right even though you do not have any numbers to prove that because ultimately your gut knows it's so powerful you just have to nurture it yeah yeah and you spoke about uh, sleeping and i often say that every ceo or every leader is a human being first and then every human being has a mind has emotions has a body so unless you take care of your mind your emotions your body you cannot be a good leader or a good ceo so you spoke about uh, sleeping which is taking care of your body can you share what else do you do to create that uh, independence or that dignified presence that allows you to then do everything else see i made it a point that i go for uh, so i have a dog so going out for walks with dogs it's really fun one of the reason why i got a dog was because of mental health it's amazing what a dog can do uh i make it a point that i go out for running maybe a walk maybe like you just put some music on and i really listen to really like punjabi music that retro music which you can't even understand what's happening but you know there's just music because you just want to go into a different zone altogether and i do close myself up so a lot of time i will just like switch off social media weekends you will never find me on social media i make it a point that i'm not so if so even some like so weekend everything gets uninstalled monday everything gets installed back again because you need time with you you need to just be you because if you're not being you how will you think and if you do not have that alone time i think that's like the most uh important time for any leader because that alone time give you gives you ideas that alone time gives you everything that you need to make things work so so yeah take care of your body eat good food um go out with friends and just like remember that this is just one part of your life this is not the ultimate part of your life thank you thank you for sharing that and thinking for anybody who is listening uh, what you have shared uh, in the last 3 minutes sometimes take people 3 decades to learn and grasp the power of right that there is more to just doing more being busy always connected and you can actually switch off and then by that becoming a better leader and helping your company go where you want it to go and everything like spending time in nature spending time with pets music like all of these things we don't think these are important from a leadership perspective but this is 
basically where we come from and this is where we can like go to to reconnect or rebalance ourselves so that we can do everything else properly so thank yeah. you for for adding that Vishakun. this is uh, this is lovely i'm so glad that we are having this conversation mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, before we started, right, you were talking about uh, Netherlands and how you would love to retire here, right? <laughs> so can you share a bit more about how living in Netherlands like uh, shaped you as a person? And then how do you communicate this to somebody who has not lived maybe in multiple cities, multiple countries or have a myopic viewpoint of life? See, when you talk about myopic view of life, so I don't know too many people who come, you know, who have that thought process because I think people have started understanding that traveling is really important. So I don't have an like uh, exposure of that 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 part. But so I came. So after my first startup, I needed break, and that's when I came to Netherlands to do my masters. And while I was doing it, it just it just opens up, opens you up that. Like I said, you need to relax. And that's what Netherlands teaches you. You need to have your own life. Uh, you don't need everything to be so expensive. You can you can even go to a thrift shop, buy something, and you know, just live. Uh, every food doesn't need to be fancy food. You can just have a sandwich. You can just have fries and be happy about it. So it was just about finding happiness in small things. Like a few days back, I just found... Uh, there used to be a candy when we were young. It was Pan Pasan. Oh. Found it somewhere. And I was like super excited. Oh my God. Like seeing it after so, so long. And somebody who was next to me said, Oh, you get happy with such small things. Assuming that my aspirations are small. But that's not the thing. If you do not find happiness in small things, you would not find happiness in bigger things. And that's what, that's what Netherlands taught me. That, you know, you do not need to... Just think about, oh my God, I'm just going to be happy when I'm in my 40s or when I've reached there, when I've done this. You can be happy in what you're doing today as well. So so that's it. And I just think like people who have not traveled or who have not had like a multi-city, they themselves have started seeing a difference. Everybody's watching Netflix. Everybody's on OTT. Everybody's doing, you know, everything. So the exposure has already started coming in. Some people just do not have the confidence to push themselves. But then when, you know, like there's so much peer pressure going around, I'm not worried about it. I know that one day they will go out and once, it's just like the first time that you go out, things change. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And many times, right, the confidence is not about doing something or doing something extra, but letting go of like, who am I supposed to be or what have I taught myself or what have others taught me? Absolutely. Right. And if you can let go, like if I am walking in the streets of Amsterdam, if I can let go of like being a good husband, a good CEO, a good coach, a good father, a good parent, and just let allow myself to be pulled towards what catches my heart, what catches my attention, uh, be it a thrift shop, be it uh, like a sex shop, be it something else, then it's more of an act of letting go than finding something else. And that releases the energy that that you were mentioning. And uh, that's so powerful, right? It's uh, happiness is in those simple delights in those moments. And that doesn't stop you. In fact, I would say that allows you to dream big. That allows you to go for it. Bang on. Even those small success, you should celebrate them. People will say like, no, this is small. You should not celebrate. Think about what you are going for. But if you would not celebrate them, how would you be in a position to celebrate the bigger one? Because you never know when are you going to reach that. Yeah. So why are you struggling so hard? 
Because ultimately, whatever you're doing it for yourself, a leader is doing it for themselves, a CEO is doing it for themselves, everybody's doing it for themselves. So you need to be happy. And, and if you're not happy, then you're in a wrong place. Yeah. Why are you struggling so hard? <clears throat> what a question, right? What a question to ask for leaders because many times people associate struggle or hard work or going through that, that, like that struggle or hardship as equivalent to success. Right? See, and what? I'm also going through struggle. So it's just like I could be doing a lot of other fun stuff. But it's just, you have to find that balance. You have to find that, you know, okay, fine. If I'm not able to find that right now, I still mm -hmm. have to struggle. What are the other avenues that I can find happiness in? Because that gives you the strength and the motivation that you need for the bigger struggle. Absolutely. Right. And again, how we use language, right? What we call struggles outside doesn't have to be a struggle inside, right? It doesn't have to make me all stressed and anxious exactly. and take pulled towards something which I don't want to be or don't want to do. And yes, there are financial struggles, there are mindset struggles in the outside world, but then I am doing it while having fun. I'm doing it while still noticing those little like uh, moments when, which can take me back to my childhood. And I, the same with me, yeah, right? Yeah. I bring, I come to India every year once. And whenever I see something on the roadside, which uh, like reminds me of my childhood, I always uh, like make, take it a moment to maybe click a photograph, maybe yeah. stop there and just... And not just rush past life because there is more struggle waiting for me in the outside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And to wrap our conversation up, right? Do you have anything else uh, to anybody who is listening? And then if anybody wants to reach out to you, find out more about you, what you're doing, what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do so? Lovely. Uh, so, you know, the last thing that, you know, that I have learned and because I, re I remember that this is a show for leadership for people who are CEOs or who are doing their own stuff is the mantra of success is when you can make money for your audience. If they start making money, then automatically you start making money. What most of the time what we end up doing is we start thinking about us making money. And that's also a very like a time-centric success. So the other one might take some time, but I think if you are able to crack that, nothing can stop you. Uh, yeah, think, that's the. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a quote, right? Uh, I don't remember the name of the person, but it's like you can have anything you want if you help other people get what they want, and I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, absolutely, bang on. I really need to find out this quote because I've been like understanding, learning, and while we're working on things, and like, oh my God, whenever my people are make able to make more money, I automatically start making money. You know. Yes. So maybe my focus should be like, how do they make money? How do they become stable? How do they become happy? How do, you know, they reach wherever they want to reach? Because then I would automatically reach my place. But Sumit, thank you so much for today. I really had a lot of fun. And for your audience, if they ever want to get in touch with me, um, they can send me an email, which is shakun at tickle.life. They can look at the website, which is tickle.life. And let's take it up, you know, I'm, a bit, I'm there all across the social network. So there are like thousands of ways to uh, get in touch with me. Just search and then you'll find me. Thank you. Thank you, Shakan, Thank you. for sharing uh, everything that you shared today. I will be sure to include these links on the show notes. Please, uh, thank you and so uh, before we end, I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead and then everything else that you're creating for everybody else. In the thank world. you so much. And all the best to you. And I'm looking forward to knowing you more and everybody more. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. 
I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.